The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey, welcome everybody. Disability Law Show. We are back at it. Good to have you along for the ride. You want to reach out anytime to Savannah or Albert. It is really, really simple. Phone number anytime. Toll free, of course. one 821 5900 Email, which we're going to get to here in a few minutes, is help at disabilityrights.ca. By the way, you want more information anytime, you can simply go to mydisabilityquestions.com. Leave your questions there and they will be answered. Uh, by the fellas or a member of the crew, so don't hesitate to do that and search to see if a question like yours, similar to yours, has already been asked and answered. If not, leave it there, and the guys will uh, will get to it. All right, uh, Savannah, let's get this uh, ball rolling here. you got a couple things you want to talk about, then we'll flip it over to Albert, and then we'll get into some emails. So we got a uh, a full show happening. What's going on, brother? Absolutely, John. Well, let's start off with uh, a topic that we have been discussing for the last few weeks. And, uh, you know, this has to do with travel insurance. Of course, this show is focused about just, you know, insurance and how do you deal with insurance companies who deny your long-term disability claims. And, you know, John, uh, ever since uh, we started the show years and years ago, I've been fielding probably thousands of questions uh, and, and, you know, the rest of my team as well by phone, by email, and we don't charge a cent for the information that we give out. And because of COVID, COVID-19 and the pandemic that has gripped the world, you know, the whole world really has come to a standstill almost when it comes to travel. And so what's happened when COVID-19 reached our shores in Canada Mm -hmm. uh, back in March, uh, a lot of people who have had travel plans, uh, some of these plans were for pleasure, some of them for business, whatever, they've been forced to cancel. And the majority of people, the majority of Canadians have travel insurance, either through their credit cards or they've purchased travel insurance as a line item along with whatever flights or resorts or cruises they booked. Right. And so they put in these trip cancellation insurance claims and they've been denied. Many have been denied. And I've spoken, I don't know to how many people now, again, across the country who have told me that uh, you know, these claims are relatively modest, and I put that in quotes, you know, because, John, $5,000 for you and I is a lot of money. For an insurance mm-hmm. company, it's negligible, right? It's cents. It's, it's petty cash. But for us, for regular people, it's a lot of money. Sure. And so when the insurance company comes back and says, we're not going to pay you, then, you know, you scratch your head and you think, well, if you're not going to pay me for this trip cancellation claim when it's clear that the government told people not to travel uh, and you know you had these only tra- uh, uh, travel advisories you're thinking to yourself well if they don't cover this well you know what would they cover for god's right. sakes they're in the business of, of, of covering these kinds of claims and so the number one excuse that i have seen insurance companies various insurance companies not just one deny these kinds of claims the number one excuse i have seen is insurance companies come back and say well You've been offered a credit, credit by the airline, by the uh, cruise company, by the resort, by whoever it is. Yeah. And so, therefore, that credit disentitles you from proceeds under the travel insurance policy. Now, here's the thing about insurance policies, and this also applies to long-term disability claims we're going to get into. And frankly, to any type of insurance, house insurance, travel insurance, car insurance, if the insurance company denies your claim, they can only deny it on one of two grounds, really. Number one... Uh, is that you're not eligible for that expense, okay? Or number two, that there is some kind of an exclusion, an express exclusion in the policy that disentitles you from making that claim or receiving proceeds under the policy. 
And with these travel insurance claims, what I have seen is insurance companies take the position that because you're being given or offered a credit or a voucher for your canceled expenses, and remember, John, these are expenses that you've paid for already, yep. right? These are expenses right. you've already prepaid. Uh, because you're being offered a credit or a voucher, that disentitles you to proceeds. But when I've looked at these policies, again, whether through the through credit cards or regular insurance companies, I haven't seen any language that allows the insurance company to take that position. And, you know, again, that the issue is, well, what do you do with that? Well, what you do with that is you contact me and I'll tell you what you can do. The one thing I advise you not to do is simply take it and, and let the insurance company get away with it. So if you or someone you know ha, have put in a trip cancellation claim with your insurance company and you've been denied, contact me. John, you're going to give people my email, my, my, my uh, phone number. I will tell you for free what it is that you can do about that because you do have rights and you can enforce those rights. If you've been offered this credit already, say you're holding it, who knows when you're going to be able to use it, should you still pursue it? Absolutely, a hundred percent. In fact, yeah. think about this. One of you know, one of the people I've been talking to said that the cruise company that he booked with a trip to Italy, uh, they gave him a credit until the end of next year. We have no idea if these cruise lines are going to be in business next year. So these credits and vouchers are all speculative at best. But even if they weren't, even if those cruise lines will be in business, look, insurance companies charge premiums. They get that money for the express purpose of covering you, of giving you that safety net in the event you need them to step in and pony up some money because something has happened. Well, something has happened, something tragic, something global here. Insurance companies are on the hook, but they're trying to get away with it. And, you know, to me, that just, it it stinks. Uh, I'm surprised the government has not stepped in. I mean, I know they have a lot to deal with right now, especially with back to school, etc. But again, you're talking about a ton of people across the country who have lost a lot of money because they've had to cancel their trips. And these insurance companies are not doing what they're supposed to. They're not paying these claims when they ought to. I'm, I'm, it comes close to home. I'm going to get my sister-in-law to call you because she's been through it. We luckily, uh, as you know, Shelly and I, I mean, we jumped on this thing the first week and we ended up getting a right. refund. We didn't have to go through the credit. Thank God, because they started doing that and we said, no, 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 no. But now they're all offering credit, so I'll have to, uh, I'll have to spread the word. That's, that comes close to home, man. I didn't Absolutely. realize. It's, it's yeah. interesting. What, uh, what else you got? Or let me uh, give you your number just before we move on. Uh, sure. Savannah didn't mention it. one 855 Have that discussion because thousands and thousands of people are in that situation. And email help at disabilityrights.ca. Moving on, pal. What else you got going on? Well, let's get into long-term disability. Uh, I I had an email sent to me uh, this past week uh, from a gentleman around the Ottawa area. And again, remember, we have offices in Ontario and in British Columbia, and we help people uh, across those two provinces. And and this is the email that came in. I'm going to blank out the name of the insurance company here. Anyways, he writes, Hi, Sivan. I was wondering what I should do about my situation with my long-term disability insurer. Here's the background story. I was cut off from long-term disability by my insurer in mid-December of last year because their specialist consultant determined that I was able to return to work despite a medical opinion from my psychiatrist at the Royal Ottawa Hospital uh, and my physiotherapist stating that I was not fit to return to work. FYI, my insurer, before they cut me off, told me to apply for CPP disability. This was back in November of last year, so that was before they cut me off. So they cut me off in December, and I found out in May of this year, okay, so that's about five, six months later, that I was approved for CPP disability. 
uh, basically CPP agreed that I was not able to work and that I was disabled. Should my insurance company now reinstate my benefits and provide me with a top-up uh, to right. my CPP benefits? So this is an interesting situation, obviously, here, uh, as you can see. And this is not unusual, John. And Albert, who's on the line, a lawyer at our office, will say the same thing, I think. He's had this experience where insurance companies will tell you to apply for CPP disability. And we, we encourage people who are disabled, who have a prolonged and severe disability, uh, where your doctors are saying that you are going to be disabled for a very long time to apply for CPP disability. But in this case, the insurance company did what they often do. They hire a quote-unquote specialist consultant. What is that? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> okay, clearly it's not a doctor. Okay, because otherwise doctor. they'll tell you. Yeah, because you know if they tell you that they're going to hire a doctor to review your claim or to assess you, they'll say doctor so and so. I don't know what a specialist consultant is. We've seen all kinds. Uh, you know, I have seen uh, individuals who are consultants who have some knowledge of the medical field, but are not doctors or nurses or anything like that. In any event. This insurance company of this gentleman hired this person. That person apparently reviewed this individual's file and said, nope, I disagree with what the psychiatrist says. Wow. I think this person should go back to work. We see this time and time again, and it is ludicrous. Why is it ludicrous? Because, again, you are dealing with a person here who's being treated by a psychiatrist, which, by the way, is a doctor, is an MD at the hospital, in the, the Ottawa hospital. And this psychiatrist who's treating this individual has confirmed that this person is disabled from working. Now, clearly, I haven't seen the reports, but clearly that psychiatrist's opinion carries weight because the government, CPP disability, confirmed that this person is disabled. And by the way, it's not that difficult, it's not that easy to get approved for CPP disability. In fact, the majority of people in our experience uh, fail the first time in, in getting approved for CPP. So my answer to this gentleman is, 100% your insurance company should be putting you back on claim and in fact should be paying you all the way back to when they cut you off in December. But here's my message to this person as well and to everyone who's listening. You don't have to wait until CPP approves you. If you are disabled from working, if your doctor supports you being on disability and your insurance company takes a contrary position, contrary to what your doctors are saying, mm -hmm. and they cut you off or they tell you that they will cut you off, Right? Sometimes when they cut you off, they, they oftentimes they give you a heads up that they're going to do it in the future. Give us a call. It will cost you nothing to get crucial information that is going to either help you avoid being cut off or prepare you in the event that you are cut off in terms of what your options are, what you can do. But John, this is just, this hammers the point, right? This makes the point that this person who was cut off back in December of last year, we are now, you know, in August, September of this year, really the vast majority of cases we deal with we resolve within weeks or months of being retained so chances are that we if he if this person would have contacted us back in December when he was cut off or before right because again he probably would have been given the heads up we probably would have resolved a claim for him already so you know he would not have been in a situation where he's only getting CPP disability so again if you're in that situation you cannot work your doctors are saying you cannot work please do not simply sit and, and don't do anything to challenge the insurance company. Give us a call, email us. We will give you the information you need. And at that point, you can make an informed decision as to whether or not you want to challenge the insurance company or not. And by the way, it's not you challenging, it's us. Right. We have the expertise, we have the know-how, we have the resources to take on these insurers. We do this each and every day in our office. Albert, got about a minute before we break. You got a quick comment on that one? Yeah, well, we see, we see that all the time. And... Uh, 
if they're asking you to apply for CPP disability, it has to be because they think you would get approved. Otherwise, it's pretty ludicrous to suggest that you should be applying. Right. Why are you going to waste my time if you don't think I'm going to apply? So as, as Savan often says, but I think it's important to reiterate, if someone is asking, if, a, if an adjuster is asking you to apply for CPP disability, put in writing, ask them, do you think I will be approved? Because that kind of boxes them into an answer where they either have to say, no, I don't think you'll be approved, in which case you can respond, well, why are you making me apply? Or if they do say, yes, I think you're going to be approved, well, then if they're cutting you off, that's completely inconsistent with uh, uh, <clears throat> why they're cutting you off. So right. you need you need to consider that. Uh, put, put it back on them. Take control of the situation. Ask them, why, why are they making you apply? Whether or not they think you're going to be approved because... It is nonsensical whatsoever to make someone apply for something that you don't think that they would get in the first place. Let's take a quick break, Robert. I know you got something to bring up as well when we uh, when we come back from the break, and then we'll get into a ton of emails. That address, send them along, help at disabilityrights.ca. The phone number anytime is 1-855-821-5900, Disability Law Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And thanks for sticking around and welcome back. Disability Law Show here on uh, Global News Radio, reaching out to Savan or Albert, member of their team. It's really simple. You can use the phone number anytime, one 855 5900 is the website, by the way. You can catch past shows and links to our television show there as well. And another resource for you to email the show, which we'll get to here in a few minutes, is help at disabilityrights.ca. Real simple. Just put it in your phone and keep it there. Albert, you got something to discuss. Carry on. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, John. Mm -hmm. So as a lawyer, I sometimes get questions from other lawyers because I practice a lot of long-term disability disputes. And they ask me questions about the the policy, how different provisions interact, and uh, often ask for my advice. Anyway, one of my colleagues always says that I sound like a bit of a broken record because you know what my answer is nine times out of ten? Look at the policy. And there's really no substitute for that. And interestingly, insurance companies will never provide or very rarely provide uh, you, the claimant, with any, any insurance policy. And if you're listening right now, I want you to ask yourself, have you even seen the actual policy? You probably looked at some benefit booklet, but that benefit booklet is not your actual policy. Your actual policy outlines all the different ways in which, uh, in which the provisions interact. It tells you what your rights are. It tells you what the insurance company's rights are. And so recently I got this question, which was whether or not uh, if my client receives some severance, whether or not the insurance company would be entitled to reduce how much they received or how much they paid my client by whatever severance my client received. And uh, the insurance company was taking the position that they were definitely entitled to uh, reduce my client's pay by whatever severance he received. And when I looked at the policy, there was nothing in there that entitled the insurance company to deduct his pay. Yet that's what they were doing. It's completely, it's completely unfair, and insurance companies do this all the time. You need to look at your policy. So if an insurance company or if your adjuster is telling you or asking you what sort of income that you're receiving, 
They're doing it because they want to reduce your pay. They want to pay you less. That's what they're in the business of doing. They're in the business of denials or paying less. And so if an insurance company is telling you to telling you to that they're going to reduce your pay by either a pension amount, by CBP disability, by pe- mm-hmm. by any severance, by any other income you've received, ask to see a copy of the policy. And if you don't understand it, give me a call, give Savannah a call. Uh, we'll help you we'll help you decipher exactly what that policy is saying because sometimes it's written in a very confusing way but quite often insurance companies are taking advantage of people who don't have a copy of the policy because they know that usually the claimant in 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 this case you the listener is just going to say yes okay well you're probably right because you don't have a copy of the policy you're not you're not playing on equal equal fronting so give them give us a call Ask for a copy of the policy, and we'll help you. In, we'll help you interpret it. Savannah, anything to add? Uh, no, I, I agree with you. I think that people need to understand that, you know, when an insurance company is um, asking for any type of information, and it's not just about uh, severance, income, um, education. When they ask you for anything, medical records, oftentimes it's to verify, but also to see if they can find any nuggets of gold that will help them cut you off or deny your claim or reduce whatever they have to pay you. So as Albert said, I mean, you got to make sure you're on your guard, confirm everything in writing with your adjuster, uh, and, and you know, just generally be very, very careful with them. And if you have any questions, just reach out. And reaching out is really simple. Again, I'll, I'll throw it out there, one 821 5900 Email help at disabilityrights.ca, which will lead us nice way. Nice segue there into our uh, first email for the show, guys. That comes from Dylan. Dylan stepping up says, guys, my mother has always uh, had mental issues and has been through quite a few psychiatrists. She's been on long-term disability for several years. And last year, before COVID, she tried to go back to work because her adjuster pressured her and threatened her to cut her off her benefits if she didn't at least try to go back. Her doctor then said that she wasn't ready, but she tried anyway. After a couple of weeks, she stopped because it was a complete disaster. She became very sick, but the insurance company didn't agree to put her back on long-term disability. I helped her appeal this twice, and she was rejected each time. Every time I tried to speak with the adjuster or someone, they would uh, give me the runaround. Eventually, we just gave up. Can you guys help her? Yes, Dylan, absolutely we can. And I applaud your efforts to help your mother. I mean, you know, the fact that you've tried to help her appeal, we'll get into that in a second. The fact that you've reached out to us, I mean, clearly this is very uh, difficult, uh, very difficult situation for you and your mother. Uh, look, the insurance company should not have done what they did here. And, and John, this is something that, again, we see quite often where people contact us and say, we are being for, I am being forced to go back to work. And I tell people, they cannot force you. What an insurance company does often is leverage the power of the policy, leverage the power of what they're paying you uh, to threaten you that if you don't comply with their demands, no matter how unreasonable, that you're going to end up on the street without any money. Well, they don't tell you that, but that's essentially what they're implying. They're saying, if you don't do X, Y, and Z, you are in breach of the policy. And therefore, we can stop your benefits. And so, of course, people, you know, get scared. Very few people actually feel like they need to stand up for their rights. Most people believe that there is this huge power imbalance, which, of course, if it's just you versus the insurance company, there is a power imbalance. That, that's, that's, the, that's the big issue here. Not only is there a power imbalance, there is a perceived power imbalance. And there is a difference between the two. 
and I'll, I'll explain the difference. Uh, the power imbalance between you and the insurance company is that you believe that the insurance company is, is in, in effect omnipotent, right? They have billions of dollars. They can use that uh, to, to, to force you to do certain things. Uh, they can cut you off at will, etc. That is not correct, okay? And this is where the perception uh, comes in. And, and, you know, I really want to shatter that. You have the ability to make the insurance company comply with their end of the bargain. And how do you do that is by, first of all, confirming everything in writing with your adjuster. So, for example, in this case, Dylan, if the adjuster is saying to your mother, you have to go back to work, doesn't matter what your doctors are saying, you have to go back to work. Your do- what, what your mother should be doing or ought to have done with your help potentially is get the, the doctors to confirm that she's unable to go back to work. She's not in a position. And then send that in writing to the adjuster. And if the adjuster at that point continues to press her to go back to work, she should or you should have contacted us back then. Now, I'm not blaming you in any way. I'm not blaming the victim here because I think the insurance company is 100% at fault. But here's what we need to do here. We need to start a legal claim against the insurance company immediately because based on the fact scenario, Dylan, that you have given us here in the email, I actually think the insurance company is not only liable to pay your mother what she's owed, but I actually think that she, they are, they're potentially uh, exposed to punitive damages, to, to uh, uh, compensation above and beyond what the policy calls for. Because to me, that is egregious. The fact that your mother went back to work and now she's that much sicker and we can get that confirmation from her doctors, to me, that, that, is, that is the exact opposite of what an insurance company is there for, which is to give you peace of mind. Now, I promise I would go back to this appeal uh, situation here. Now, you did, Dylan, what the vast majority of people who contact us do, which is that when you or a loved one gets a denial of long-term disability, uh, usually those letters at the end contain a paragraph or two that talk about the process for appealing the decision. And so what you did, again, like most people, is uh, you trusted that the insurance company would be objective in reviewing that appeal, reviewing that request. So it's really important, really important people to understand that when the insurance company tells you you can appeal a decision, a denial or a cutoff uh, of long-term disability, that there is no objective process here. You're not appealing to a third party outside of the insurance company, to a judge or to someone else. You are appealing essentially to the exact same people, the exact same company that cut you off in the first place. And so the fact that, Dylan, you helped your mother appeal that uh, uh, denial twice and twice she was rejected, I'm not surprised by that. Because again, you're dealing with the exact same people. So what's the alternative? It's a legal process. The legal process is... Uh, a process that is external to the insurance company. The insurance company hates legal processes because now they have to activate different departments within the insurance company. They have to have different adjusters dealing with the claim. They have to have potentially a lawyer dealing with the claim. Now it's costing them money. And as soon as you uh, make an insurance company defend the legal claim, in a way, they are starting to bleed money because they have to pay their lawyers. Even if their lawyers are on staff, they have to pay their lawyers. So then they look at the claim very carefully to figure out if they're in fact correct or not. No surprise then, John, then when we get involved in many of these claims and we initiate these legal claims and we get a lawyer on the other side, these claims, more often than not, in fact, in the vast majority of cases, end up with a settlement of some kind. Rarely will the insurance company want to take this all the way in front of a judge. 
because they understand that ultimately if a judge hears the case and sees that imbalance of power between this person who is disabled and this insurance company with billions of dollars and on the person who is sick on their side you have all these doctors that have been saying to the insurance company this person is sick don't force them to go back to work who do you think a judge is going to believe insurance companies are very well aware of this they're sophisticated corporate entities and this is the messaging to you so again Dylan we can help your mother we're not gonna waste any more time with these appeals trust me we will help her and in fact I don't think a case like hers is gonna take that long to resolve you know it's interesting too because you know we've often talked about the term total disability is such a wonderful phrase that the insurance yes. company put out there because it just it, it puts everybody in a dead stop oh I'm not totally disabled I can't carry on I think it's the same thing for the word appeal because when people naturally think appeal they think oh this guy got a you know life imprisonment charge it's an appeal it's going to you know the provincial court or federal court it's not it's an internal process but people hear the word appeal they think it's now out of the insurance company's hand that it's going to some governing body that's not the case right you're absolutely right that's exactly true yeah I mean and, and again it, it doesn't help that we have obviously a lot of uh, legal shows out there uh, American TV etc right. that you know people sort of import their own views or perceptions or, or, or you know what they envision is is that uh, you know how you deal with these kinds of legal claims with insurance companies and the legal process yeah you're absolutely right appeals uh, have a specific meaning within this long-term disability context just like the term uh, totally disabled and you're completely right John how many times people have been cut off or denied long-term disability because the insurance company takes the position that they are not quote-unquote totally disabled and when a person hears this term total totally disabled or total disability you think to yourself you got to be brain dead you got to be in a catastrophic uh, uh, accident you have to be yeah. really really bad uh, in a really bad state to to get long-term disability that is not the case total disability does not mean that total disability basically means that you cannot do the essential tasks of your own occupation within the first two years of the policy and beyond the two-year mark in most policies Total disability means you cannot do the essential tasks of any occupation for which you are suited for. So you can have a situation where you can even go to the gym, but you're still unable to do your own occupation. I mean, there's a whole variety of scenarios. The sure. point is this. If the insurance company denies you on the basis that you are not totally disabled, you're right, John, two things. Number one, don't take that at face value. If you cannot work, give us a call. We'll help you. And number two, do not appeal these decisions. These appeals are not like the criminal appeals that you talked about. Uh, they're internal processes, and we can help you uh, with the legal claim, not an appeal. We'll take a short break, guys. Get into some emails. Uh, more emails right away. In the meantime, want to send one over. Would uh, would love to get you on the list. It is help at disabilityrights.ca. Any other time, the phone call works when we're not on air. one 821 5900 The website, disabilityrights.ca as well. We'll continue more. The Disability Law Show is coming right up. Stick around. Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. 
Disability Law Show. Yeah, that's what it is. You want to reach out to Savannah or Albert or James or Tamar, remember the uh, the amazing team over there. You can do that, no problem. Help at disabilityrights.ca. That is the email address we use. And if you've never been there, you want to ask some questions, something comes to mind after we're done for the day and you can't uh, send an email along, you want to simply go to mydisabilityquestions.com. That is a website that's been around for quite some time. A wonderful resource. You can ask your questions there. They will be answered uh, quickly by a member of the team. You can also search the database base of previously asked and there's a chance your question already came up and was answered in depth if not leave it there and uh, you'll get a response my disability real simple grace you're up grace says uh, fellas i've been suffering from fibromyalgia and depression for years recently my condition deteriorated and my doctor recommend that i go on disability i was approved for short-term disability through work and then when i applied for long-term disability i was denied This was in April. I haven't had the strength to appeal and go through all the steps that I'm supposed to. Am I out of time to ask my insurance company to reconsider the case? I really need the money. I have a 10-year-old girl, and I live with my elderly mother because I can't afford a place of my own. That from Grace. Grace, I'm sorry to hear about everything you've been experiencing. It sounds like you've been going through a lot, especially with your fibromyalgia and depression going on for years. Uh, It's very good that you have the doctor's support recommending that you go on disability uh, because a lot of people don't have the support of their doctors, and it makes it a little bit more difficult to actually fight these insurance companies. Uh, But you're definitely not out of time whatsoever. This was only in April. We're only in uh, the end of August now, so you definitely have a lot of time. And if the insurance company told you that, that honestly doesn't surprise me at all. And if they didn't even provide you with the information as to how much time you have, that also doesn't surprise me. Because insurance companies like to hide information. They don't like to provide you with the policy. As we spoke about, or as Savannah just spoke about, these appeal processes are internal processes. They often keep them very close to the chest because they're not formal processes. It's not a standard. The standard is starting a legal claim. You're playing their game by playing by uh, providing them with appeal documents, by actually appealing. You're playing their game. You're playing on their timelines. And so you may be out of time to actually start an appeal. I don't know because every insurance company has their own process. Every insurance company has their own timelines. But the standardized process is to start a legal claim. And that's how you take control of the process. You get out of their game. You get out of their internal process. And you... you work within a set of standards that every insurance company has to abide by. And that's key. They have to abide by it. As soon as you start a legal claim, they're on their heels. There's there's timelines in which they have to respond, and you have more than enough time to do that. So please give me a call. We can definitely help you out. Uh, you also mentioned that you do need some money. So I would recommend that you apply for CPP Disability. That's the Canadian Pension Plan Disability Fund. Uh, if you're in Ontario as well, uh, they have the Ontario Disability Support Program. If you're in BC, you can apply for a persons with disability designation. I know I said all of that really fast, but once again, give me a call. I'm more than happy to even just walk you through some of the different funds that you can apply for, which will help tie you over in the meantime while you're waiting for this legal claim to uh, to go through. So give us a call, Grace. We can definitely help you out. Move on to another one, guys. Oh, Grace, here's the number, by the way. I'll give it to you that uh, Albert did mention a few times. Toll-free, 1-855-821-5900. Obviously, you've, uh, you've got the email. Sean, you're up next. We'll get to Sean's email. It says, uh, I work in a large factory. 
and have a friend there who was hurt outside of work a couple years ago pretty badly. His right arm was almost severed because of a mountain climbing accident, and he got a concussion when he fell. There's no way he can ever go back to the factory, according to what his doctors are saying. He apparently was on long-term disability for a while, but then he was just cut off because they said he could do other jobs. He's my age, 47, and comes from a small town. He never even finished high school, so there's not much he knows how to do. How can I help him? Well, Sean, first of all, I, I got to say, I mean, I mean, you're, you're a good friend. Uh, and, and I don't say that lightly because there are not a lot of people who you know, would, would contact us on behalf of, of their friends. We have a lot of family members, uh, but this is important. And for listeners out there, you know, this information we're giving out each and every week may not apply to you, but may apply to someone you know, a friend, a family member, a colleague. So please let them know to contact us or contact us with their permission on their behalf, and we will give you the information that they need. So in, in the case of your friend, Sean, very bad accident, obviously. Uh, you know, the fact that uh, the insurance company has cut him off because they say he could do other jobs, not surprising. Uh, presumably, again, he, he's been on long-term disability for probably close to two years. This is when generally we see insurance companies take the position that uh, you're no longer meeting the definition of totally disabled as per the policy. Remember that the vast majority of long-term disability policies uh, uh, contain that requirement that for the first two years to get LTD, you have to demonstrate that you cannot do the essential tasks of your own occupation. And beyond the two-year mark, the test changes. It becomes a bit more difficult to meet. The test is now not can you do your own occupation, but can you do any occupation for which you're suited for by training, education, or experience. And this is key because a lot of people forget that and they forget that because insurance companies don't necessarily explain it. It's not that the question is, can you do any occupation? It's can you do any occupation for which you're suited for? And in this case, this is absolutely crucial because Sean says to us that, this, uh, that his friend is 47 years old, comes from a small town, never finished high school, so he doesn't actually have a lot of, of skills or, 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 or education. And yeah. so the question is then, what else can he do other than that factory job that he's doing? I don't have enough information here, but I can tell you that the more educated the individual, arguably, the more transferable skills that person has. I again, every, every fact scenario is different, every case is different. But in many, many instances, I see people contacting us who are saying to me, the insurance company told me, here are five, six, ten different occupations they think I should be able to do now, and none of them make sense. I cannot do any of them. I don't have any experience in any of them. I don't have any education in any of them. None of it. But yet insurance companies take the position, no, we think you can do it, no matter how old you are, no matter that uh, you're saying that you can't do those, those occupations. And they cut people off the way they did Sean's friend here. Well, Sean, here's how we can help him. Uh, first of all, uh, put us in touch with him. Let us talk to him by, by Zoom, by phone, by email, whatever it is. Let us get some more information and let us give him the information that he needs to understand what his legal rights are. Again, John, we never force anyone to take any action against their insurer against their will. All we're doing is giving you the information that you need to understand the scope of, of your rights and what it is the insurance company has done wrong. And once you have that information, remember, knowledge is power, then you can decide if you want us to push back, to fight against the insurance company and to force them to pay you what you're owed. So, Sean, again, thank you for, for getting in touch with us on behalf of your friend after the show. 
if you can put us in touch with your friend let us give him the information he needs because I can tell you just based on what you wrote to us he 100% has a case and we can force his insurance company to, to, to pay him exactly what he's owed Sean, get on that. Uh, here's that number before we uh, take a break. Our last one for the day, and then we'll get back into more emails. Toll free, one 821 5900 The website, disabilityrights.ca, and you can go to help at disabilityrights.ca. That would be the email address. Let's get back into it, guys. i got another one for you, uh, Albert, if you want to stand by. Another email, that'll be Nancy. She's coming up after the break. This is the Disability Law Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And welcome back. Disability Law Show. You want to go to mydisabilityquestions.com. You can ask your questions there anytime. They will be answered. You can search for uh, other questions similar to your own. Maybe it's been answered. If not, use it. Leave it there. The guys will get to it for sure. Mydisabilityquestions.com. And you want a private conversation, a little more long form, one 855 or Albert, a member of the team, will... Uh, Gladly talk to you. That number toll-free, of course. All right, Nancy, as mentioned, your uh, your email's up next. Appreciate you uh, chiming in uh, today on the show. It says, guys, I've got a lawyer handling my disability case. I've been listening to you, and I'm concerned about what is happening with my case. It started over two years ago when I was cut off benefits at the two-year mark, change of definition date. I hired this lawyer because he was recommended to me by a good friend of mine and that had a family law case with him. Anyway, I paid my lawyer a $3,000 retainer up front and then every few months I would get invoiced and have to pay more. At this point, I've paid about $8,000 and it's been almost two years now and I don't know when it will finish. Is there something I should do or my lawyer should do to make my case go faster? Oh, Nancy. Nancy, Nancy. This this is a frustrating one to hear. I'm, I'm sure you're equally as frustrated as I am just hearing that. Uh, I my my quick response is uh, that this shouldn't have taken nearly as long as it has. Two years is way too long. Uh, you also shouldn't be paying any money up front. And I think really what this boils down to is you need to get a specialist someone who actually handles these cases all the time. I'm not saying you have to come to us, but you want to get someone who is routinely doing these types of disability claims because they understand the nuances. There's no way ever that this should last two years or more. And uh, really kind of the most simple way I can put it is I wouldn't ask a family doctor to do my heart surgery. This is essentially what it's kind of akin to, right? You're asking a family law lawyer who probably doesn't do a lot of long-term disability disputes, which is clear by the fact that it's taken over two years and clear by the fact that he's charging you all this money up front when he knows that you, you haven't had any money in over two years, which is crazy. So now you're pay, you paid over $11,000 when each of those $11,000 could have been good money that you could have been using to either pay your rent, pay your food and how we structure it and how most of the, most of the specialists structure their payment structures is that you only pay us in the event that we get something for you. If we don't collect anything for you, you don't pay us. And that's because we know the situation that you're in. We know you haven't been been paid in months. It would never take two years, but we know you need the money. Every dollar counts. And so we only get paid when you get paid. And that's very, very, very clear. 
so at, at this point, I think you should reconsider. You shouldn't have paid $11,000 up front. And I asked your lawyer, what have you done? Where Where is this case going? When is it going to end? Get things in writing and potentially consider switching representation at this point. I hate to say it, but you want a specialist. Savannah, what do you think? So, I mean, there, there are a lot of red flags here, and Albert touched on a, on, on a bunch of them. Um, you know, the, the fact is, I agree with Albert, you want to go to someone who has a certain expertise in this area. Uh, the family doctor uh, comment uh, performing heart surgery was, was you know, kind of comical, but it's not because it's exactly true. It's exactly correct. You know, gone are the days where a single lawyer can do family law, immigration, tax law. It, it's just it, it, these, these areas are way too specific now, very narrow, very specialized. And, and you need someone who this is what they do. This is what they know. Now, as an individual out there, you may not necessarily know who is sort of the, the, the expert in the area. Who, who are the people that really know the area? Well, you got to do your research. I mean, we're here. You know, obviously, I would like you to contact us, and you have, and we'll be able to help you. But for anyone out there, you know, the fact that we have this show and that we have this platform and you can educate people, that's great. And I'm not saying that you have to come to us. I'm simply saying that if you look at our record of success, you look at our Google reviews, you look at our website, you'll understand that our firm in all our offices, we practice two areas of law and two areas only. And that's employment law and that's disability law. Those are the two areas. We don't do tax. We don't do family or immigration, real estate, any of that. So you have to be very careful. And, and this is an example, John, of you know, lawyers, I think, who take advantage, unfortunately, of people in distress and people who are in a very precarious situation. The fact that Nancy had to pay all this money already with no results is heartbreaking because it should not have happened. And I can tell you, Nancy, that's just, not just us. The best people in this field, both in Ontario and BC, that I know of will never take a dime until they force the insurance company to pay you. Only then will they get paid. So we're in the same boat as you. And when a lawyer tells you, you got to pay up front for your disability case, to me, that would be a red flag. It would be a red flag because that's just not the way that the vast majority of us lawyers who have expertise in this area operate. So Nancy, the big, uh, the big takeaway here is uh, get in touch with us. Uh, as Albert said, you know, we don't say to people lightly, uh, change representation. But you need to understand, you know, what, what the red flags are. You need to understand what your rights are. And, and you ultimately make the decision what you want to do. I don't like people switching lawyers. Uh, like, just like I wouldn't like my clients to go to a different lawyer. Um, you know, it's the same way. Uh, in, in, in the same vein, I would never tell somebody to switch lawyers. What I would tell a person is you have to be careful here. It's your claim. You are the client. And, and you have to make sure that you are being represented as best as possible. You know, a couple of minutes to go here, Savan, and uh, just let's let's just go back for a moment because this is going to affect so many thousands of people. I know you're you're, you're carrying on with this in, in more of a uh, pronounced way, but the uh, the whole travel insurance thing again before we close, go back through that. What does that all mean? Yeah, I mean that's something that we've been talking about now for for the vast for the vast <laughs> for, for, the, for the last few shows, yep. uh, and it has to do with the fact that when COVID came to our shores in Canada, many people across the country, I would probably think thousands of people, if not tens of thousands, had to cancel their trips, whether they were business trips or or for leisure trips, they canceled their trips, trips that they had prepaid, flights, resorts, um, you know, cruises, things like that. 
and they put in trip cancellation claims with their insurance companies, either insurance they bought for the trip or through their credit cards, and they've been denied. They've been denied in many cases because the insurance companies are taking the position that they have a credit or a voucher available to them for the expense that they're claiming for. And when I've looked at some of these policies, many of these policies actually, I don't see how the insurance company has a leg to stand on. Unless the policy says that if you're offered a voucher or a credit, you are not getting paid from us, then they have to pay you for that eligible expense. And so what I've been telling people is, though, although these claims are fairly modest, and I put that in quotes, you know, a few thousand dollars for, for most individuals, uh, I would like to give this information out. Contact me. I will let you know what your rights are, what you can do, um, you know, how to stand up for your rights, and how to potentially force your insurance company to pay you for that trip cancellation expense. Because the last thing that should happen here is insurance companies get away with having collected all these premiums for these insurance policies or credit card charges and at the end of the day not pay you when they ought to pay you because COVID hit us or whatever happened here and you had to cancel your trip, you should be paid unless the insurance company specifically excludes your type of a benefit. Guys, we will uh, leave it there for another day. And uh, you want to reach out now that we're done the show, have a conversation with Albert Savan, member of the team. You could do so. I'm going to give you the phone number first off, toll free, of course, one 855 website disabilityrights.ca. There you can listen to past shows of the Radio Nature or search out our TV show as well. That's a 30-minute package of basically what we do here. Kind of cool if you've never seen it. Email address we use every show is help at disabilityrights.ca. And I'll give you one more resource as well. Anytime you want to ask questions and have them answered, mydisabilityquestions.com. That is where you want to go. We'll catch you next time on the Disability Law Show right here, Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.